This is the Primary Languages Network podcast. Delighted to introduce Suzanne Wilson. Suzanne is one of our Primary Languages Network language teachers who works every week of the year in two schools for us delivering French and German. Suzanne is also our CPD and training coordinator. Since joining us, she has brought to the network a wealth of previous knowledge from her work as a head of department in Key Stage 3 and 4, a German teacher and a trainer for primary languages in the south of England. You can hear more from Suzanne and the team at our conference, the Primary Languages Network Conference, on the 27th of June here in Warrington. You can register for the Primary Languages Network Conference online on our website or through the link with this podcast. Three, two, one. Okay, we're here in um, Suzanne Wilson's house today. It's, it's just past the storm that occurred in uh, England over the weekend. It was a horrible weekend's weather and it's just calmed down a little bit. It's kind of reminded us that spring is well and truly on its way or in, in action and summer's coming. Um, but uh, it's nice to spend a bit of time to chat to a colleague and a friend, Suzanne. Uh, nice so in- to see you. Introduce yourself to the podcast, Suzanne. Hi, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm Suzanne Wilson. I'm CPD coordinator at Primary Languages Network and uh, an associate teacher as well, um, teaching French in Runcorn and German in Warrington. Yeah. Uh, how, how many years have you been at um, Primary Languages Network then? Uh, coming up for two now, this is the end of my second year. End so, of your second year? Yeah. Okay, and uh, what were you doing before then? What were you doing? Um, so I've been, so initially I was a secondary um, modern languages teacher um, at a comprehensive school in Surrey um, and I then moved into primary languages about 11 years ago. Um, so I've been teaching in lots of different um, primary schools um, and uh, that was down in Surrey and London um, and I also worked for the National Centre for Languages for SILT um, mm-hmm. for um, a couple of years as well um, doing some training programmes for them and some writing programmes as well so worked with um, Therese Comfort and yeah. uh, Carmelo Hagen there. Oh right yeah that, so, must, have been, uh, that must have been so valuable. Really valuable, yeah. yeah. They were amazing, really inspirational. So, and so when so when did your uh, passion for language learning begin? Then when when did it start? Um, I think day one in year seven, um, when I started um, learning French, absolutely loved it. Um, so. Christine Ormond was my uh, French teacher. Okay. So if she's listening to this, hello. <laughs> I know she's in Trafford now. Um, and uh, yes, so I was really, I absolutely loved languages from, from the word go, really. So I'm English, my parents are English. I was lucky enough to go on some, some holidays where my parents used to sort of cajole me into speaking languages and yeah. you know practice um but uh, but essentially it was it was from school I was really inspired at school absolutely loved it I had some fantastic language teachers um and then just carried on to to do it at university so so what was the first language you learned French French first yeah and then German yeah um and just lo- absolutely loved German um from from the word go really um 
So yeah, my um, we've got family friends who lived um, in Switzerland, so I was sort of able to practice with them. Yeah. And uh, where in Switzerland speaks German? Where, which parts? Well, now you've got me. The yeah. Swiss German part. Swiss German part. Because <laughs> I don't know. I, I must admit, I'm. Uh, I, I don't have a clue which parts of Switzerland is French and which part is uh, German. Any ideas? Uh, no. No? Not geographically, sorry. Oh, well. where, are you from, where, are you, where are your friends from in Switzerland? Do you know? um, well, they don't live there now, but ah, um, right. yeah, okay. so we, uh, we used to kind of go and visit them and, and practice. But so that was, you know, I was incredibly lucky to have that opportunity. But essentially, um, it was, uh, you know, being at school and just being inspired my, by my teachers. So, yeah. um, so I really loved it. Went on to do languages at university. Which, and then, which languages at university? So I did German and then I wanted to start a new language, so I started Italian at uni. Nice, um, good language. So, yeah, and did my year abroad in Italy. Um, Where did you go? Near Milan, Pavia. Oh, right. Yeah. Fantastic. Is that is it Milan North? North, yeah. North Italy, yeah. Yeah, so apparently I had a real, like, northern Italian accent, like, through my nose, nose really nasal. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so I really um, love you know just always. always did you go out there? How much Italian did you know when you went out? No, there? well, not that much. I mean, I'd done it um, from scratch at uni, um, so I'd learnt it from yeah from scratch. But it wasn't until I kind of made friends and I was going to university every yeah. day, and you know I did the whole Erasmus thing. Um, but I also taught English when I was there as well, so I got a job. Yeah. Um, so I taught English in a um, in like a middle school. Yeah. Um, and so that was amazing to have that experience, kind of outside of um, you know the Erasmus thing and the university yeah. um, itself. So I actually um, had a job, and then I nannied for a bit as well when I was there. Okay. Um, Speaking so, English. Do they want you to speak English? Or um, yeah, but, you know, I had to use my Italian, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I think it's funny, mm. actually, considering I did a similar thing with my English, speaking English a bit for the job I was doing in Spain. Mm. But I still was... You don't realise how much you're taking in, even when you're in the school environment. Mm. Even if you're speaking English all the time, you're still taking in the Spanish or the Italian that's mm. being spoken throughout. So I don't yeah, think it hinders too much. And it's hard to speak Italian for a full day, every mm. day. That would be tough, especially after just learning. It'd be really tough. Well, the nicest bit is when you end up dreaming, isn't it? When you yeah. sort of wake up yeah, in the yeah. morning, and say, "Yes, I've dreamt in the language." No, so, I, yeah. I had it very early on in Spain. I had a dream in Spanish mm. because I knew it was in Spanish because I didn't understand any of it. <laughs> <You> <laughs> all, all, all my mates were speaking Spanish in my dream, and I was like, "Oh, I've got no idea." No, and I woke up. I was like, "I've had my first dream in Spanish." <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> we can't make that up. But um, so you, yeah, so. so you're at university. Yeah. You've just come back from which year was the Italian? My, my third, yeah, my third year. Third year, yeah. And, and what, then, where then? Well, I went to. Um, I, I I didn't consider teaching at that time. Um, I went to go and work in London. Knew I wanted to use my languages. Yeah. Um, so I went to go and work in London. I worked in London for for four years. Um, for in sort of financial services and in marketing and advertising yeah um using my languages um and then um various things happened including 9-11 where i was um on the advertising team for an airline um right, and all okay. of the um advertising was pulled for the airline yeah so essentially that um was my main account that i worked on it was like a multilingual account because um, obviously it was an international airline. Um, and yeah, so I was kind of, I was still working for the agency, but I was feeling like I wanted to use my languages in a different way. Yeah. Um, we'd lost the account and um, I wasn't using my languages at work. So I was kind of, so 
I sort of started looking into teaching and wasn't sure that it's actually really what I wanted to do. How, how, however much I sort of loved it at school and uni, I wasn't sure that um, I actually wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. Um, but then I went to um, I went to the interview for my PGCE. And something just clicked, um, and I just loved it from from the word go. Really, um, Peter Saunders was my um, tutor, um, and he was just absolutely amazing. Okay. And I, I loved my PGCE, and literally from that moment, really, I just loved teaching. Yeah. Um, so it kind of something just clicked with me, really. And then, do you think there was any crossover from the work you were doing beforehand? Like maybe you were doing presentations with your marketing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think that, and it's helped me to bring a bit of a commercial sort of side into into my work as well yeah. really so I've got that sort of commercial awareness of yeah. having worked yeah. you know in companies in London and then and then being able to to sort of transfer that sure, into yeah. teaching really For so sure. it's been really helpful because obviously I was in secondary and then I was a sixth form tutor as well so that's that was really great having had that um, sixth form shoot sounds like good fun yeah it was it was great and having had that sort of life out. experience as well before yeah. having come into to teaching yeah. was, was really good so yeah so I really loved it but then um, I was doing more and more in primary really because um, the, the school that I was teaching at absolutely incredible um, school and, and really supportive for languages and you know we ran loads of trips and, mm. and we had strong numbers at GCSE and A level and absolutely brilliant but I was doing more and more work with local primary teachers so I was going out to do um, primary outreach um, and working with um, primary teachers um, sort of you know giving them a bit of training on on what primary what languages is really um, and then decided to move into primary languages full-time so yeah. that was about 11 sort of yeah 11 12 years ago now so um, what was that transition like going from secondary teaching to primary teaching um, I think it was gradual for me because okay. obviously I, there, there was quite a bit of crossover because I was doing primary outreach already. So I was kind of getting used to primary schools. Yeah. But there is a huge difference yeah. um, in the way that they work, obviously. Um, but I think it's been, it, it's valuable for me to have that experience across the two phases so that, um, you know, in terms of transition and when I'm teaching year six, it's really good to kind of know what a year seven class looks like sure. and you know that I've been in front of those year seven children who may or may not have done languages before and that yeah. kind of thing so and it's um, I mean that's uh, what from what I spoke to Susanna Farrell about like it seems to be the crucial time really. yeah the time that we're losing most motivation is yeah. in that crossover period yeah yeah and, um, that's a whole other story isn't it <laughs> it is yeah it is yeah. but I think the more people we have that understand where they need to go in the primary school yeah and vice versa, um, I think it's just crucial just to help mm. that blend of the crossover, make it less of a full stop, make it a little bit more of like a punctuation mark mm. in regards to their progress. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just interesting to always to hear people that have come from a secondary environment down. Have you learnt... Have you learned anything new about primary teaching? Or? Oh, yeah, hugely. And I think what I've learned the most is since working for Primary Languages Network is that idea of keeping it primary. Um, and that's um, Therese um, Comfort talked at uh, one of our conferences about, you know, she did a presentation on keeping it primary and, and making sure that the children are, you're doing, 
you're teaching them things that they would only learn in primary school. Um, and Janet's really keen on making sure that that is a theme running across all of our resources, that, you know, this isn't a watered-down secondary curriculum that we're providing. It's it's a, a proper primary experience. Yeah. And, and I think for me, maybe when I first started, I was definitely teaching just like a simpler version of year seven. Okay. Um, and that has totally changed yeah. um, over time that really I'm making sure that, you know, and I think Janet said in her in her podcast as well that children are only eight once and yeah. you know making sure that they're doing stuff that is really fun and engaging and lively and and making sure like for example last year, last week with my year seven sorry with my year five um, we made pirate masks and then they read the pirate story which is on the um, year five spring two bit of the of the VLE yeah um, and. Yeah, and that was just amazing. For me, that was just like, you never do this in secondary. It's just so much fun, and the kids loved it. And they were doing, you know, they were um, speaking French, but in a pirate accent, in a pirate voice. And, and, um, and, you know, it's so important to remember that they are still really little. I think it is. I I think it's understanding as well that, the, one of the massive benefits of being in primary school is you get a little bit more scope for creativity. Mm. Oh, it's more, really much more creative. You know, yeah, you get, and yeah, once definitely. you've, I think they're coming from a secondary environment, it's brilliant because you've kind of got the idea of progression and you've been pushed mm. that. And then when you, it takes maybe a couple of years to be in primary schools to really let go a little bit and be a bit more creative and go down those avenues that you might not have in secondary school just because you're more focused about getting them to the finish line, mm. which is absolutely fair enough mm. because there's pressure builds as you get up to year nine ten mm. and you want to get that good base but at primary school you just have a little bit more scope there isn't as much pressure to year six to be somewhere at year six it means you can explore a little bit more definitely and I think the children are more relaxed as well in yeah. the sense that they um yeah they just love playing with the language I think yeah and, and if if uh, from what I've observed is if, if if the teacher has got the kids Oh, they got the class into a really well routine. They don't even see it as a lesson. They mm. see it as a bit as fun. Mm. They're just playing around with how they can speak and if they can figure out the puzzles of the, yeah. of the words. It's so cool watching good primary school teaching, mm. uh, lang- uh, languages teaching. Definitely. Uh, my best mate drew those pirate uh, artwork as well, which They're is funny. Good. That was like six years ago. <laughs> I really like them. Yeah. They really yeah. engage with them. So I think great. he'll be listening to this, so he knows, he knows who he is. He, he drew well, those for us. Yeah, he, drew, he drew those <laughs> pieces of art. It's funny how it comes around. Um, so let's fast forward then to now today. Yeah. Uh, what What does your role consist of? Obviously, you're still teaching. Yes. Which is yeah. We we both know is vitally important, but also you are now our training coordinator. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really, really important for me, like you said, that I'm still teaching and that I'm in the classroom and yeah. that I'm trying out all of the ideas. So, like every when I'm delivering a course, um, I've di- I've I've practiced and I've taught all of yeah. the ideas that I'm presenting. And it is the first um, thing you say, pretty much in the course. Isn't yeah, it? pretty yeah. much the first thing you say is, "I'm still a teacher." It's I'm really important for me because I don't want to just. It's all very well, you know, you can have loads of amazing ideas, but do they work with thirty children in front yeah. of you? And yeah. you know, how does that actually work in practice? And you know, so I make sure that all my examples are yeah of real life. So yes, I'm teaching, um, and as I said, I'm teaching French and uh, German um, in. PLN schools as an associate teacher and then um, yeah I deliver um, training courses so we've got quite a few that we've established this year so um, 
from the um, sort of originally, um, Janet had set up the relationships with Warrington Teaching Schools Alliance mm-hmm. and Great Sankey Teaching Schools Alliance. So, um, so Janet was training the ITT students. Um, so trainee teachers um, from sort of from about the for about the last eight years. Um, so those relationships are, are well mm-hmm. um, well established. Um, and then we're also working with Cheshire Leadership and Teaching Alliance now as well. Yeah. Um, also to deliver ITT. Um, but we're also delivering um, more training courses, which is great because we've got um, we've we've developed a few more, um, so that all teachers have got the opportunity to get some really high yeah. quality CPD. So we've got courses now for NQTs and RQTs. Yeah. Um, we've got a developing leadership and expertise mm-hmm. course for established MFL coordinators and subject leaders. Yeah. Um, One recently, wasn't and it? Yeah, that we had that mm. um, recent, well, last week in uh, Cheshire LTA. Um, and then Michelle is delivering um, the Using Technology to Enhance Primary Languages yeah. course as well. I learned a lot on that um, course. I went, I went to it. Well, she's time. phenomenal because yeah. she what she does with technology is just amazing. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really chuffed that we've been able to get that, that course up and running with her. Yeah, and what I will say about that course is, from Michelle's standpoint, she won't mind me saying this, she's very much a teacher who's learnt technology. Yeah. So she's learnt how to make the most of the technology, make the most of apps. So it's definitely coming from a teacher's standpoint as opposed to someone who's vastly experienced in technology and yeah. trying to teach teachers. Oh, definitely. And there's, there's a lot more value to that in the course. It's yeah. very good. Like there's the, the apps she's chosen, she's chosen because they're very effective, but also very simple to use and mm. very simple to start applying, yeah. which is crucial with children because otherwise... The lesson will be spent learning how to do an app. Absolutely, the but they pick it up so much quicker than we do, anyway. So. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> when for they've sure. got an iPad in front of them, they've for got sure. the, the app sorted. But yeah, so for for her course, I think that is, you know, it's brilliant because. Um, it's so useful for teachers to have other ways to assess the children as yeah. well. So to use the apps to record the children's voices and things like Chatterpix yeah. and using green screens and stuff, that's been a great one to get off the ground um, with her. So I'm going to pose a question to you now. Yeah. Why, why should people come on the courses that we are at Primary Languages Network offering? Why? Why? Well, we're taking um, all the ideas um, that we present in at PLN, mm-hmm. so all the ideas that are on the VLE, and we're sort of taking them a stage further, really, okay. um, and getting a deeper understanding of, of how the children progress, uh-huh. um, of the um, of more teaching techniques, of yeah. how we can assess, how you can be a more effective MFL coordinator. Um, And the biggest thing for me recently has been that MFL coordinators are often uh, sort of, they're one of a team of coordinators in the school and Mm -hmm. everyone is passionate about their subject, you know. So you've got history coordinators saying, right, guys, we need to do this, this and this. You've got science coordinators doing the same, literacy, maths, etc. And MFL coordinators are are desperately trying to get their teachers on board. Um, And I think the biggest challenge that they face 
is that often teachers are not confident in the classroom yeah. teaching the language. So what we give on our courses is just lots of ways that they can enthuse the teachers, that they can give them more confidence, um, that we can support them as a company as well um, in I, terms of language expertise. I think so, that's the most, the most frequently asked question definitely. is how to get my other teachers on board. Definitely. Another question I get a lot is, uh, we're not a member of Primary Language Network. Is there any work that's going on the courses? Yeah. How would you answer that? Um, yeah, definitely, because I try, whilst a lot of the um, the techniques and the ideas and resources and so on come from the VLE, um, I try and make it so that if they're not members and if yeah. the school... Um, if the head isn't on board in terms of them becoming member, then how can they actually use these ideas? Yeah, sure. Um, I can obviously, vouch. we think that I can absolutely vouch for that. So. Well, no, we do. Yeah, we do. We the funny we thing want is, want to be members. We're but. at a course, and we chat, I kind of said to people that we don't mean to answer. We we really don't try and sell the product on the on the courses, but we answer a lot of questions asked by MFL coordinators through the resources we make Definitely. that's the way we answer the question yeah. we get questions coming through and we answer them by updating or upgrading or refining resources or creating new ones so often when people ask us answer questions we're like well it's all, in the subject, <laughs> it's all in the subject coordinators pack that's the thing but, and those, those resources have, and, and all the tracking documents and the assessment that's where you get most people yeah. like really um, most of the MFL coordinators really want to know about tracking and assessment yes. and progress yeah. um, so those we 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 address all of those questions alongside all the creative side of things as well and getting you know getting people really sure, excited yeah. and and um, looking at resources like people you know we show um what paul phillips has done at, at yeah, his school brilliant. with all those amazing spanish resources and his exhibition and so on so it's getting yeah getting the teachers excited and enthused back at when they when the teachers have been on their co our courses then you know to go back to school and continue that yeah. that enthusiasm really so. I, I think that the nqt rqt course that you do as well is, is so good and for, if there's anyone out there who is involved with maths or TSAs, it's something that absolutely sh you should be considering because she re Suzanne really va t she really tells them from the get-go why it's important and gets that in. And so their enthusiasm by the end of the day is so much, it's, it's absolutely just going by the end of it. They're really mm. up for it because they're just, to start off with, they're kind of thinking why, but then they, the first hours spent on why mm. and how, well, let's share your experiences. Let's figure out why you've lost the love of languages because I'm sure at some well, point the confidence. I think yeah, it's all confidence. confidence mainly so but it followed those that course sort of follows on from the ITT as well so it's um it's lovely because the last our, uh, NQT course we did there were a couple of um students that I'd um or trainees that I'd trained yeah back you know doing the ITT yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah of course yeah course and then to see them again at in at the NQT course was amazing because then you can see right they're in post now yeah you know they've got a job they're in the school that hopefully they're going to stay at how can they then develop their primary languages yeah. knowledge and and so on so that that's been I love that course that's been a really great one to develop actually it's been good fun it can be creative as well so are there are there any gems that you can give away today I don't want to give too many gems away but are there <laughs> any gems if there's a coordinator who's kind of listening uh, let, let's say let's I'll pitch there's a coordinator, MFL coordinator, um, been in the post a couple of years, having no success in regards mm. to um, getting things going. 
probably a little stressed about assessment mm-hmm. and then kind of getting news from the head teacher that mm. there needs to be assessment. What's going to be their first step? If you were to give them advice on their first step in the right direction, what would you, what, what could you say? What would you say potentially? Um, definitely put a plan in place yep. of what you're going to do. Like an action um, plan. So an action plan, yeah. yeah. So you don't need to be um, running before you can walk. You don't need to be like, you know, having everything assessed and tracked straight away. Yep. Um, it's definitely getting a plan in place. And, you know, we can support you with that. And we can, you know, there's loads of, of documents that can help you with that. But we can also, you know, in person of help you get that set up as well so I think it's a plan and I think that last week we were talking on the developing expertise and leadership course you know saying right what are your next steps when you go into school let's just put three things in place really simple things that you can do and something that enthuses the teachers something that shows progress yeah and and is tracking the children's progress um uh, look at the 12 DFE attainment targets. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing and if you're teaching something that relates back to those 12 attainment targets each time, then you're definitely doing something right. Great. So um, so I think it would be like getting, you know, that, that's just an example of three things. But, you know, I think yeah. it's definitely just getting a plan. Really. I think an action plan is crucial yeah. to any project that you do. So re- the first thing in an action plan as well should be realise where you are now. Yeah, definitely. Be yeah. brutally honest with where you are and be positive and negative and just look at everything. Look at the effectiveness of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Look at the engagement of the staff. Mm-hmm. You know, look at if there is anything to assess, because I had a great um, discussion with someone at an MFL coordinator meeting who is well down the line now, seven or eight years mm. down the line as a coordinator, and her action plans are around making sure a consistent assessment takes place. But she said, she reassured everybody in the room. She said, my first action plan was about just raising engagement. And raising and, awareness. And raising awareness. We actually teach French yeah, and like we teach Spanish. And, display boards. Yeah just display boards or something along those lines just a, a languages day languages mm. afternoon just a first year mm. so and communicating with your SLT as yeah. well as to what you're actually doing and what you hope to achieve communicating with parents so that they're getting they're excited mm. with their children yeah. and asking them you know what what did I learn to, you know what did you learn today in French mm. and can you tell me your one sentence that you learned or couple of words or whatever and I think so it's getting parents involved yep. um, getting um, the SLT on board and making sure that they're supporting you and then the and then the teachers the class teachers reinforcing if they're if you're teaching all the lessons say as a PPA mm-hmm. cover then how can the teachers reinforce every week what you're doing or every day even a little bit of what you're doing yeah or if the classroom teachers are teaching it how can you support them absolutely so so those those are the key sort of first steps aren't it, they really? it's funny actually because that actually just in my head then it's almost like language learning itself like the first stage of language learning is actually just recognizing that that is a different language mm. and understanding what that language is and that essentially but is what the first step you should be taking in the school is just make a bit, making the school aware that French is occurring in this school mm. and everybody should be trying to get stuck in as little as much as possible to start off with. And that's essentially the first step in language learning anyway. Mm. Like mm. thinking about tense structures and grammar and it, that's well down the line. Mm. It's like so far down the line. that it, And it puts people off, doesn't it? It's like looking at, um, there's a study about how the Olympics actually puts people off sport because it's such higher level. Wow. People actually are less and get motivated because they feel so far away from what 
is expected. And they think they'll never get there. So yeah, the they point? think they'll never get there. So yeah, what's the point of doing yeah, a sport? Yeah, it's whereas we, we need to kind of break down the barriers about language learning, don't yeah, we? And just actually, um, in these times, you know, if you can, uh, it, a little bit of language goes a long way. Yeah. And it shows, exactly. and shows willing and politeness and all of those things. My learning the Spanish has changed perspective because I, got, I went came out of Spain thinking I'd just begun learning it and I was all right, but now actually reflecting on it, I'm like, actually, mm. no, I can speak Spanish. Mm. Like, maybe I'm still at infant level or whatever, but it's a lot more than I ever expect to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and you kind of, but that is speaking, like some people in different countries will say, yeah, I can speak Spanish mm. if they're the same level as yeah, me. Yeah, but yeah. People, we create this perfectionist mindset yeah, every sometimes yeah. in England where it's like if you can't speak it fluently then you can't speak, speak it. it yeah no you're right that's not true no. like, you have people in but different language countries who can speak five different languages mm. just not that well but we'll say I can I speak. speak five languages yeah, yeah and they'll want to learn oh, yeah. more languages but what's the great thing about uh, the great thing about working with primary children is that they get so enthusiastic and so excited yes. about the little yeah. the little that they're learning each week so um that's, that's what's amazing about working with primary definitely is it does it still every time you see a little step in the right direction from a kid does it or a student does it still like hit your heart, heart yeah like, definitely is it, is yeah it nice those, those yeah. i think every teacher would say that is the reason why you do it is those light bulb moments yeah. isn't it I think, where they put things together what i love is when they 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 looking at prior learning so or they bring in their prior learning so for example you know if you've done weather in year four for example and then in year five they're telling you how they're feeling and they're saying oh you know I'm feeling tired because it's raining or I'm feeling um I'm feeling happy because it's sunny yeah. and things like that yeah. and you're like wow that's, that's amazing like for me it's those things where they they pick up on their prior learning, like you haven't prompted them at all to say that, yeah. but they've just remembered it from a year or two years ago and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll put that into a new sentence. Mm. That's the kind of thing that gets me, like those are the light bulb moments for me. And that also shows to me that you're super passionate about languages because I think to be super passionate about any skill or anything that you've developed over the years, you start to appreciate the little things more and mm. more because it gets harder to improve. Mm. So to make those, to then translate that across the children and translate that passion that those small things are actually massive mm. and getting them to understand that oh, is, yeah, cr is crucial because mm. otherwise they'll, they're, they're only going to get more and more frustrated as they learn language because mm. it gets more and more difficult. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, only, definitely. There's yeah. only tougher hurdles to jump mm. uh, as you get better. So it's, it's teaching them that being patient and those little steps is just, they're the gems, aren't they? They're the gems of language learning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where I, I find it when I'm listening to stuff and I'm understanding what they're saying and it's just this moment where it's like, all oh, right, I'm getting everything that's being said right mm. now. When did this happen? How, are they speaking slower or am I getting any smart? Am I mm. getting better at the language? Yeah, yeah, no, sure. And <laughs> Spanish I, is really quick yeah, as well. I still so. don't know. I <laughs> don't know whether I am speaking, they are speaking slower or I am, but I'm sure, I'm sure I'm just getting more words into my head. Mm. Um, all right, cool. Uh, we're at, uh, I'd say we're at a nice point to, to, to stop there uh, before we end up making an embarrassment to ourselves. But <laughs> well, I always finish with a few questions. Mm -hmm. So the first one is, oh, when's, here your, we go. when's your favourite <laughs> time of the day? Um, Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon? Okay, so you've answered three and one there, but that's fine. Saturday afternoon. I think I've listened to a few of your yeah, podcasts. What, <laughs> what, time, what, what time specifically on Saturday afternoon? 
about four o'clock when everyone's o'clock. relaxed, you yeah. know, the worries of the week have gone and you're having a nice Saturday with the family. Yeah. yeah. Saturday afternoon, 4pm, what time of year? Oh, summer for sure. Summer, yeah. yeah. Late summer, yeah. beginning summer. Well, my birthday's in June, so June. And in fact, most of our family birthdays are all kind of May, June time. So that's pretty nice because we're eating lots of cake and yeah. Prosecco around that time. Okay. <laughs> Saturday afternoon Afternoon. in June. Okay, what's yeah. your favourite food? Oh, Italian. Having lived in Italy, it's in particular. Um, so much really, good really well done pasta. Yeah. Like proper pasta. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah. this, that Italian simple, simple style. Very simple. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I love all types of food, but um, I love food generally. But, um, but no, proper Italian pasta and aubergines in Italy, amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Can you make good pasta? I, I try and I have watched and I have followed so many of my Italian friends yeah. Um, and yeah not not bad the thing is they put a lot of salt in their pasta so yeah. it, once you take that out it doesn't taste so good yeah. but I don't feel so guilty when I'm in Italy <laughs> I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of rigatoni okay. rigatoni is yeah, my favourite kind nice of pasta big one. Yeah, yeah, so yeah okay. it soaks up the sauce well yeah. there we go and uh, the f- final thing is you had to pick like one album one record that you could play over and over, what would it okay. be? Okay, well, at the moment, I'm listening to Jack Savaretti on okay. Constant right. because his album just was released this week. Yeah. Um, and I got it on pre order, which yeah. makes me sound like a real <laughs> yeah. fan. Um, but um, I just, yeah, I just love his music. So I'm yeah. going to see him in May as well in oh, Manchester. Awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's a bit Italian as well, isn't he? It so, sounds like an yeah. Italian name. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm a real fan of of all things Italian. Fantastic. <laughs> right, Suzanne, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully, in the future, we'll, we'll see. We could have a few um, you on again and maybe answer some frequently asked questions. Yeah, sure. But we'll see. Maybe not. But hopefully, hopefully, we've but answered a few today for MFC yeah, coordinators that yeah. are listening. So, it's, yeah. been a, it's been a pleasure. And uh, last thing, I suppose, is plugging um, for the courses. Just yep. a little plug. Just, any, just do you want to say anything? Sure. We've got courses um, booked in already for Cheshire Leadership and Teaching Alliance for 2019-20. Yep. Um, so they'll be up on our website on the CBD page. Um, we're booking them in uh, with Warrington Teaching Schools Alliance as well. Um, we're hoping to get some uh, courses that we run ourselves. Yeah. Um, and of course, we've got the conference as well. So the conference um, this year is on Thursday, the 27th of June at yep. Statham Lodge Hotel. Yep. Um, we've got um, Dr. Michael Wardle um, from the uh, from Ofsted, who's coming, and I worked with him um, at Silt. Yep. Uh, he's a great character, brilliant guy, and I'm sure that he will give us amazing insight as well uh, into what Ofsted are looking for in terms of uh, languages and primary languages specifically. Um, and uh, and there's lots of other amazing speakers. Um, so definitely Real. sign yourselves up to that conference. Yeah. Um, and then check the website for all the courses. Okay, I'll put your email below on the uh, on the page so that yeah. you can contact you yeah. about anything to do with courses. They're well worth going to. I've been to nearly most of them, at least for the morning of this year, and they've all been really good. I've come out <laughs> feeling like a better language teacher every time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, so get in touch with Suzanne. It's re- they're really good. Um, okay, right, well, I'll catch you next time. Thank you. See you later. Bye. This is the Primary Languages Network podcast.